Welcome to the Whole Self Podcast, where we talk about various mental health topics with an emphasis on the body, mind, and spirit connection. Our goal is to empower our listeners with the knowledge and tools needed to embark on their own healing journey. A gentle reminder that this podcast is not a substitute for therapy, and we encourage you to seek out your own therapy if needed. Hi, welcome to Whole Self Podcast. I'm Sharon Wegman, and today I'm joined by Mandy Cowker. And who is the most extraordinary person in our office because she basically is the jack of all trades. But she's joining me for this podcast because we're going to be talking about teachers and boundaries. Yes. And Mandy was a teacher, still is a teacher, is still teaching yes. us. Yes. <laughs> Helping us write curriculum. So today we're going to be talking about teacher and boundaries. Teachers and boundaries because we have a really hot... Ho- Heart. We have a heart for teachers. Yeah. And I think we see a lot of teachers in this office, too. Yeah. So a lot of teachers come to counseling. Yeah. <laughs> because they are very burnt out. They are not getting the support they need from the administration. They have a lot of um, behavior problems in their classrooms. Mm. It's a very draining job. I feel like they are in high trauma jobs. Oh, yeah. And that's actually why... I left teaching. It was kind of a compound decision. I had a chronic illness um, that teaching just made it impossible to manage because teaching is almost like a 24-7 job. Um, So it was very hard for me to manage taking supplements and all that side of things while teaching. And I was, I think I was seven years in and I was just so burnt out that I left and ended up coming here to do office administration work. Yeah. Yeah. And what it's developed into is she's really helping us write a lot of curriculum here. Mm-hmm. So I still think you're you're using your oh, yeah. your gifting in for a sure. different setting, which is not really what we're going for in this particular podcast. Mm-hmm. But we're really kind of wanting to empower teachers, and we often talk about the ramp up mm. starting in yes. the summer. <laughs> Oh, I remember that feeling (laughs) of I'm moving back into this intense system of living and breathing, teaching my job. Yeah. And so we just wanted to empower teachers out there because we value you. We value Mm -hmm. how you impact our community and how you impact our children. And we just wanted to be able to kind of talk about boundaries for teachers and what yeah. does that look like yeah and I think we're, we're gonna have a couple episodes that are geared towards teachers so this will be the first one um, and I think there might be one or two coming after it uh, because some of the things I've learned through working at a counseling office are things that I really wish I would have known as a teacher um, and things that would have helped stave off burnout and helped me I feel like manage um, the work-life balance that I feel like a lot of teachers might be missing mm. And so the definition of boundaries is basically it defines where you start and where you stop. Like in in a home, this is my responsibility. This is not my responsibility. In the teacher world, Mm -hmm. this is my responsibility. This is not my responsibility. And I think it's very easy to get them all intermingled because you have teachers, other teachers asking you for things parents, administration asking, and slowly I think what happens for a lot of teachers is their own definition of where they start and stop gets 
lost. Yeah. I would say that teaching is kind of a very boundaryless job. Like it, it just feels like, especially as a new teacher, I remember going into the teaching field and, you know, other teachers were like, you know, make sure you get there super early and leave super late. Make sure you say yes to a lot of things. Like you want everyone to know you're a team player and, you know, you hear a lot of, well, you do it for the kids. So don't ever say no to anything. So it's kind of just this mindset of, I don't know, there's not many healthy boundaries that I've experienced in, in my time teaching. And yet what we're, what we're trying to even empower you with is the understanding that as you are boundaried, mm-hmm. you communicate boundaries. You actually create more stability in any setting mm-hmm. when you are boundaried. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not being mean, but you're basically saying this is what you can and cannot do. And it's going to teach the kids that are with you yeah. what they can what they can speak into. Yeah. How can they set boundaries? So it's it's powerful when people can do it well. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about different types of boundaries. Um, you know, your role with an institution, with other people, you know, the organization and, and where you begin and stop. Where does that, what does that look like with children in the classroom? What does that look with the parents who are contacting you, um, administrators, even your role in your own home, because sometimes that can get mixed up because you're trying to be a parent in your own home while you're still handling work at night Mm -hmm. at home. I remember thinking about that when my kids were in high school and they were online in Google Classrooms and they were talking to their teacher at 10 o'clock at night and I'm like, wait a second, this is not okay. I'm sorry, this teacher is on there. I feel I feel bad for the teacher and frustrated that my child is waiting until 10 o'clock at night to ask that question. But <laughs> I felt like I would have rathered my child experience more natural logical consequences than having the teacher engage in answering that question at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. So I'm sure all of you really struggle in figuring out what that looks like because every time you interact with that child at 10 o'clock at night, Mm -hmm. it gives them permission to do more. Yeah. And I think most teachers will perceive that they are reducing the child's anxiety. Yeah. But in fact, it's actually enabling more boundary crossing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to there's so much workload on teachers that I think sometimes you might be like, well, if I just answer this at 10 o'clock at night, then I won't have to do it tomorrow. However, like you are kind of opening that can of worms where like those things that you listed, like boundaries with children in the classroom, parents, administration, your role in your house, those, I think we had talked about, if you give any of those areas an inch, the expectations will just grow. Yeah. So it's like giving a mouse a cookie. If you answer one child at 10 o'clock at night, they'll have a question the next night and the night after that. Right. And or be upset with you. Mm, yeah. If you do not answer them at 10 o'clock. At yes. Night. <laughs> um, so again, whatever action you do sets the precedent for what you're going to do in the future. Yeah. Which is why we think you need boundaries. Yeah. (laughs) So some more reasons why teachers need boundaries um, is because your mental health matters. And I feel like, I don't know if that's really stressed a lot in the teaching world, because the the focus is so much on the kids, which is great. Um, It's great to focus on the kids and prioritize the students, but also your mental health is just as important when you're the one teaching 
and being a role model for those kids. Yeah, I mean, I, I can remember over the years various stories my children came home with regarding the mental health of their yeah. teachers, you know, and because it was impacting them, their sadness, yeah. whatever stress they were dealing with, they came home because they loved whatever teacher they had. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're one of my children's teachers, we don't have a problem with you. <laughs> but your mental health matters. Yeah. Yeah. You matter just as much as that child and we would be saying that if you were the parent of that child, mm. your mental health matters. Yeah. Yeah, because you can't really give what you don't have. Yeah, and so we, we see a lot of teachers who are boundaryless um, slowly burning out in the mm-hmm. teaching field. And we understand completely that it has completely shifted to a lot more traumatized classrooms oh, since yeah. COVID. Oof, yeah. We understand that completely. Um, but you engaging in the trauma of the classroom means you have to be strong mentally and physically. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, it will slowly burn you out. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we we can't just do it for the kids. Yeah. Because you you your children in your classroom will only be as mentally strong as you are. Yes. Cuz you are imparting Ooh, that's that a great point to them. Yeah. And I love the analogy that um I had heard before. I think it was you Sharon um about like the oxygen mask when you're on a plane, they tell you to put your oxygen mask on first before your kid so you can help them well and I think the same thing applies to your students. You know, you need to make sure your oxygen mask is on, that you're not burnt out, that you have boundaries and are protecting your mental health. And then you're going to be able to give so much more from such a healthier place to your students. Absolutely. So while we want you to be doing it for the kids, mm-hmm. it's it's more important that you're doing it out of a place of health. Yes. And that's concerning as I watch schools kind of spiraling right now and teachers spiraling with the school's lack of administration. Mm -hmm. So again, we just want to empower you to say, put the boundaries in place so that we have the ability for you to be in a mentally healthy place. Yes. So you're not being unkind or uncaring to your students or coworkers if you set boundaries. And I think teachers are primed now more than ever to set boundaries, especially after, you know, I think COVID kind of through teaching for a loop, you know, things were so weird for a few years. And my husband was actually a teacher as well. We both left. I think I would had one year post COVID teaching and he had two. Um, but it, it really was kind of a wild time where normal procedures were thrown out the window. So I feel like because of that experience, teachers are primed now to set boundaries. Yeah, so what we mean by that is you have job security. <laughs> yeah, yes. You are not going to lose your job if you set boundaries because yeah. there is such a teaching shortage out there. Yeah. So you in, you are in prime position as you head back to school in the fall yes. to be setting those boundaries because of people leaving and because of um, the teaching shortage. So you have the ability to really go in and start this year different. Yeah. And I think even COVID teaching well, COVID time in general kind of started a conversation, maybe a little bit about mental health and teachers, um, and even like students' mental health. So I feel like 
you know, administration might be more likely to hear you out and support your boundaries. Um, so yeah. Yeah. You're not being unkind or uncaring to your students or your coworkers. If you set boundaries, you're just saying, this is where I start and this is where I stop. Yes. Which I think clarity is very helpful for coworkers. Yeah. But if you were used to being boundaryless with your coworkers, you might have to make a pact with them. Yeah. That all of you begin to say what you can and cannot do instead of it just being boundaryless. Yeah. And I think some disclaimers before we jump into um, boundaries in those different areas that we talked about. I think it's really important as a teacher, especially with setting boundaries of being familiar with your contract, because, you know, your contract is kind of like a big boundary. It tells you what your job is and what your job isn't. So when you're familiar with that, um, you're able to kind of better set boundaries. For example, I was an art teacher. And if anyone out there is a specialist or an art teacher, you know that you get asked to do many, many, many things, whether it's a teacher who's like, hey, I kind of want a poster about this. Can you do that for me? Or administration who's like, let's paint a mural. Um, When you know what's in your contract, you know that you can say, hey, you know, that's not something I can do right now. Maybe we revisit that next year or um, whatever that boundary might be. Right. So it's important, as in all careers, to find a mentor teacher who can help you not just know your school climate and environment um, has experience in the field, but hopefully you're picking someone who also has boundaries. Yes. Yeah. Because being (laughs) mentored by a boundaryless person will not help you. Yeah. (laughs) So you might be able to say to a mentor who has boundaries, how, how are you able to get away with this? Yeah. Not to get away with it, but how are you able to set this kind of boundary? How are you able to maintain this level of control in your classroom? Yeah. How are you able to um, do this and not this when I'm not? Yeah. We need a, a mentor teacher who can mentor us in boundaries. Yes. Um, and also, I mean, we know that, and I've experienced it, that teachers' workload is, it's it's over the top. You know, teachers have so much on their plate and so many different things that they're carrying as a mental load. So this podcast, unfortunately, isn't going to fix, you know, all that is wrong with teaching or all that is hard about teaching. Um, and depending on your role in your situation in your school district, some of these things might apply to you and some of them might not. But we're just hoping that we can give you some insight, give you a starting point to better set boundaries to benefit your mental health and your position. Right. So let's start with administration. (laughs) The scariest one. (laughs) (laughs) We see more and more teachers able to set boundaries with administration because, as we said before, you have job security at this point in time. Yeah. Where you may not have been able to do this five years ago, I believe you can start setting boundaries. And so it's important to head back into the year thinking about that. Yeah. And I think for first year teachers or early teachers, you might not think that you can have boundaries. That's how I thought when I started out. But then by the end, like year six or seven, I realized, oh, no, like I could have done this out of the bat and been okay. Yeah. And I think I think in order to be a new person coming into a situation, you want to just please everyone, Mm -hmm. particularly if you're a pleaser, which is a whole other podcast. (laughs) But the reality of it is, if you can't set boundaries, if people are reacting to your boundaries, this is an unsafe place. Yeah. So if you go to your principal and you set a boundary that is 
totally fine. It's within, you know, what is concerned in your contract and everything. And you get negative feedback that might not be like a very safe or healthy work environment. Yes. Which is another podcast. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I think we've talked about toxic workplaces in the past. Yeah. Um, and it's okay to say no to things that outs- that are outside of your contract or your values. Yes. Yeah. We are seeing that more and more, um, the idea that we want to value people and people groups. Well, you also have values mm-hmm. regarding your own self. So you are allowed to state what is outside of your values yeah. and your contract. Yeah. So some ways that might sound, um, like for example, a boundary might be, please only communicate with me through my work email. If you have a principal that texts or calls, you know, on the weekends, it's okay to set the boundary and say, please only communicate with me through my work email. Right. Um, You can say, I can't do that. That doesn't work with my schedule. That doesn't work with my household. I'm not be able, I'm not going to be able to participate in that. These are all things you can state that say, this is where I end. Mm-hmm. This yep. is where I end. I can do this, but I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. The next category is parents. I don't know if that one's scarier to, than administration. I don't know. As, as a former teacher, I feel like administration and parents are the two big ones that it can feel really hard to set boundaries with. Yeah, I think parents obviously are much more um, involved in what's going on with their child in the school setting. Or you might have something on the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. A parent who is not willing to participate in engaging with the behavior of their child. Sometimes it's too much. Yeah. And sometimes it's too little. And so this is particularly hard in a private school setting where, uh, unfortunately, the parents are the customers. They're paying you. And so I think sometimes teachers may be more accommodating in private school settings Mm -hmm. because the parents are the customers. They have to suck it down. Yeah. As opposed to having an administration that supports their boundaries and says, I'm sorry, this isn't going to work. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what can be helpful um, with teaching, like it kind of resets every year. You know, you kind of, even if you are a specialist and you see the same kids, that new school year is kind of like a brand new slate where, you know, if you send a letter home in the beginning of the year, that's a great time to establish your boundaries in that letter. So all parents are familiar with it. Perfect. Um, yeah. So I, I, I really think from the get go, establishing boundaries is really helpful for long term ease. Yeah. And I think sometimes parent, um, Parents are and teachers are sometimes caught in then like a web with administration, and that administration might have told the parent one thing, mm. but not told the teacher uh, that same thing. And so sometimes there is this uh, they're caught in the middle. And I think I I would be gracious of that. I remember going one time to a special meeting that had been set up with the administrator. I went to the school to with to meet with like like an IEP kind of a situation and the teacher was unaware of the meeting was ready to leave and I felt I felt bad like for me I would have said you could leave yeah but they they chose to stay and mm. I felt like a lot of guilt for them because they didn't know what the administrator had said yeah so 
again, we want to support the boundaries yeah. of the teachers. Even as parents, we want to do that. Yeah. So um, the next category, actually, let's talk first about what that might sound like. Like, what are some boundaries? So, if, you can like, set? if you email me during weekend or evening hours, I won't be responding. I'll be responding during school hours. Um, so, like, if you're telling me something about your child, while I would like, while I will be responding, it will not be until school hours. Mm-hmm. And I think also communicating um, to parents what the expectations of your classroom is and kind of the procedures of your classroom can be helpful so they know what to expect for their child and that could help ward off you know, extra questions throughout the year of, oh, hey, like, are you going to be supplying smocks for art class or is that something we're doing? So kind of having things laid out and having clear communication can be really helpful. And it's okay to have different boundaries than another classroom. Yeah. What works for one person does not work for another. Mm-hmm. And so it's okay to maintain your own boundaries for your classroom and to review them frequently with your classroom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that it's not just the parents who understand it very clearly, but it's also the kids. Yeah. I feel like that kind of snowballs into our students category um, where your classroom rules or expectations, which is a friendlier word, are your boundaries. So that literally tells your students what you will and will not accept. Like in this classroom, we raise our hand if we have something to share. Um, and I will only call on raised hands if um you know, that comes up. And I think to kids really feel safe with, with structure. And I've seen that as a teacher. Um, Mm -hmm. if I had a structured classroom where the kids knew if A happens, then B follows that, um, having those really strong classroom expectations that in essence were boundaries that was really helpful to the students and they appreciated it. Yeah. So your expectations might be different from another classroom, but it's okay Mm -hmm. to say, this is my classroom. These are my rules. Yeah. Mrs. Smith might not be doing that, but this is what I am doing. Mm-hmm. And so these are, this is my house, my rules kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And I think as teachers, we get a lot of training on classroom management, maybe not enough training on classroom management, but that's kind of something you learn as you go. But I think going into it with the mindset of, oh, so these expectations in classroom management procedures that we learn about, those are also boundaries. I feel like that can help you develop some really helpful expectations before the school year begins. If you look at it at the lens of these are expectations and they're also boundaries. Right. And let's, let's talk about workload. We're going to be talking more about balance in workload with boundaries. Mm. Um, You can set all the boundaries in the world, um, but it might not help you create balance if you're just not clear and so sometimes that's where it's helpful to talk to a therapist yes to say what should I be prioritizing yeah or you're hopefully a teacher mentor because mm-hmm. sometimes we just need permission from somebody else to do something different yes yeah and I think it's hard with teaching especially trying to balance the workload and, and set boundaries around it because there's so much work you know between grading meetings, being part of special teams in schools, having staff meetings, it's, it can be a lot. So, you know, I think it can sound easy to say, oh, just set boundaries around your workload and you'll be fine. But it, it is one that requires a lot of balance. Um, so like my, one of my boundaries when I was a teacher was that Sundays, I did no school work. Mm-hmm. And that was honestly, probably the only day of the week that I didn't need to do school work. All I was working all the other days, but knowing that I had that one day, 
to kind of recharge and do what I wanted um, was really helpful. And it, I think it helped stave off burnout for sure. Sure. Um, or maybe I don't work after a certain point in the time at night. Yeah. Um, say it's 8 o'clock. Anything I don't get done after 8 o'clock will have to be absorbed into the next day. Yeah. Okay. And then what boundaries... What, are that, what does that look like? What can you do to make sure that you're in a mentally healthy place? I mean, the, my big one is scheduling rest into yes. your cycle. I believe that rest recharges the body and mind. And if without it, I feel like we start burning out faster. Yeah. And I think that's one of the greatest things that you taught me, Sharon, because coming in and working here after being a teacher – you know, as a teacher, there's kind of just this mindset of, well, you go, 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 go. And I remember you, I think it was when, I don't know, I think I was moving or something. There was a ton of work on my, on my plate. And you were like, well, why don't you make sure you schedule time to relax? And I was like, oh, <laughs> I guess you can do that. And I was a little bit like, well, will that really work? And I remember intentionally doing that and finding that it was so helpful. Um, yeah, and that's hard to do when you're a teacher with kids at home. Oh yeah, I Oof. feel like that that's much more that's much more difficult, and so you might have to trade off with another family, might have to trade off with your partner, but it's almost like you have to have that little window, mm-hmm. any kind of a window that can let in light. Yeah, that you know a break is coming, you know rest is coming. Right. So, um, so that means. We need to be finding like-minded teachers. Yeah. Who are you hanging out with, people? Because you're going to become like whoever you're hanging out with. Yeah. Very, very true. Um, uh, how? And so you're going to know that your mental health isn't going well by how reactive you are. Yes. Yes. Um, the more emotional you are, the more reactive you are, the more you're going to know you need to rest and you need to make an adjustment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like you'll be able to feel that you're stretched thin and it feels like any little thing that pokes at you is making you have a big reaction. That's that's normally a sign that that uh, schedule some rest. Um, so what else can you do? I mean, teamwork makes the dream work, right? Oh, yes. And and I think sometimes I see some amazing, I get to observe many teachers over the course of years and some of the most um, balanced teachers were the ones that worked on teams within their grade mm. that just felt so supported that they had each other's back. And and so that might be a conversation you have to have with your team yeah. of the same grade or um, specials. Yeah. How do we support each other? Yeah. And I think like as a specialist that felt very isolating because, you know, we never really got to work as a team and, mm. and the way our schedules were, it never really worked out, but then finding resources, whether it's a Facebook group for p- people who teach the same special as you, um, that can also be helpful and feel supportive. Um, what else can you do for your mental health? You know, stay in- involved and engaged in your hobbies and interests. I think what I watch people when they come in here when they are low on mental energy, they numb. Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they go to numbing, and numbing actually never brings light or life into you. No, it's never, like, recharging. I never feel recharged after numbing. 
So whatever your creative outlet is, sometimes it might be just organizing a drawer in your kitchen. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm creating something simple. That creative part of your brain in that hobby or interest, whatever it is, is going to be more engaged and feel more light. I don't know how else to describe that. Yeah. And I think it kind of helps you hold on to yourself. You know, I think it's easy to lose yourself in teaching because it's so busy and you love your students so much. But I think kind of staying involved and engaged with your hobbies helps you remember who you are and, um, I don't know, can help you kind of stay with yourself a little bit. So if you're low on energy, you have to engage in hobbies and interests. Mm -hmm. So, for example, when I come home and I'm really tired, usually it's Wednesday nights because I've had three full days, when I'm really tired, I don't want to go on a really long walk. But I know Mm. if I do it, I will be better at the end of the walk than I am right now. Yeah. Why? Because my body is getting what it needs. It's out in creation. But that's hard to choose. So I think a lot of people... I don't know, I'd say 90% Mm -hmm. (laughs) wind up numbing as opposed to engaging with hobbies and interests. Yeah. And I think if you find yourself numbing a lot or if you find yourself wanting to explore any of these other things more, the last thing that we have as as, um, a suggestion as to what you can do is going to counseling. Yeah. So you can learn different mindfulness techniques, grounding techniques, can learn more about communication. So how do I communicate my boundaries in like a really nice way? Because sometimes boundaries sound harsh. They don't have to be harsh, but um, counseling can really help you learn how to know where your boundaries are, how to communicate them, um, and learn more techniques for not being burnt out. Yes. Okay. So I agree completely. I feel like everyone on the face of the earth would benefit from counseling. Yeah, (laughs) me too. (laughs) But uh, if you've never been involved in a culture that embraced counseling, you Mm -hmm. wouldn't know to do that. And we have a heart eventually to even provide support systems for teachers. Yeah. We we just want, we see that you guys as being out on the front line, dealing Mm -hmm. with a lot of trauma. Yeah. And we know what that does to your body which is another reason you need to go to counseling. Yes, yes. Oh, my <laughs> because goodness. Because we understand what that does to your brain, what it does to your health, what it does yeah. to your relationships. So you're frontline workers, and you are. we see you, and we want to help you. Yeah. Yeah, so I think we might have a couple episodes that follow this up with some more um, tips for teachers. But otherwise, you can find us on Instagram at Whole Self Therapists. We usually post follow-ups or expansions on some of the things we talked about in our podcast. Um, And feel free to give our podcast a follow and a like or leave us a rating and review. So that way other teachers or people can find us. But um, yeah, thank you for listening today. Yes, thanks so much. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. Any resources or links from today's episode can be found in our show notes. Original music in this episode is by Christopher Burkholder. 